Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. Today I had the chance to chat with Robin Menzies, co-owner of Earthology Food Wraps, about their vegan food wrap option, as well as their many amazing beeswax wrap products. We talk about the complexities of making an all-organic product, the differences between the vegan and beeswax options, and the beyond important role their products play in reducing food waste in order to combat climate change. If you have a chance to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts while listening to today's conversation, you can do so by scrolling to the bottom of the podcast page and leaving as many stars as you like or a review telling me what you think. These reviews help the podcast be seen by others looking for this kind of content. Plus, I love to hear from you. Ready to learn about an awesome Canadian company doing its best to end food waste and save the planet? Let's go. Can you tell me a bit about yourself and what life was like before starting your business? Sure. So I'm Robin Menzies. I'm co-founder of Earthology Food Wraps. We started back in 2017-ish, though we didn't actually (laughs) launch the business till 2018. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had a uh, four-year-old daughter at the time, mm-hmm. um, and she was starting junior kindergarten uh, in the fall, and we were always big environmentalists at home, and it was really easy to be an environmentalist at home yeah. uh, because you only had to figure out like how to contain yourself, right? So mm-hmm. when I started realizing that she's going to be going to school and that requires packing lunches and snacks, like I couldn't send her to school with mason jars, you know, to with her snacks in it. So I, I was trying to rack my brain and, and like all moms do when their kids start school or parents, I should, I should say, but mostly moms, um, you know, you're Googling all the lunch boxes and everything looks so complicated and full of plastic. And, and I took her to a few stores to even see if she could open the containers. That's herself, smart. You know, like yeah. she, she couldn't even, and I'm like, do I have to start using baggies for things? And she couldn't even figure out the baggies. Right. And obviously I'm like, I guess I could reuse them, but then they're not really great for, for some things. And so I was going down this journey of trying to find that in my partner who was a friend of mine kind of going through the same similar thing and we started talking and at the time I didn't I wasn't aware of beeswax food wraps and they weren't like now they've kind of exploded but at the time there weren't very many out there and I really liked the idea of it mm-hmm. um, and then I did kind of more exploration about kind of what they could be used and I'm like but the ones that I found that were available at the time didn't really hit all of my markets that I was looking for sure. and so the first one was that um, I needed them to be completely organic for a number of reasons but mostly as an environmentalist cotton is the dirtiest and least sustainable crop to the mm. world and so if you're base product is just a kind of a regular cotton fabric it's greenwashing right it's not an organic a sustainable product and it's not environmental and so for me if it like needs to be environmental not only as its end result or the things that it does but also all the components that make up for that sure so that was that was kind of a key thing so i needed them to be made from organic materials second of all they had to be really easy to use like easy enough for my four-year-old to use them at the time just for it and the ones that I found they were really usable for someone like me who is committed to environmentalism and is willing to kind of hold them down for like one minute two minutes whatever but I needed something that was like as fast as saran wrap or whatever else like in that my my four-year-old if she's taking it to school can open it up take out what she wants and then close it back up again so it's not an explosion in the bottom of her, of her lunch bag yeah and then the second thing I really wanted was for it to be beautiful yeah. Um, because from I think for everybody is that the more that 
you find something beautiful. The more that you fall in love with something, the more you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. The more you're going to reach for it, the better you're going to take care of it, the longer you're going to want it to last. Because I always say being an environmentalist doesn't mean you have to be a martyr, right? You don't have to suffer to be an environmentalist. You can have cool hair. You can have a nice car. you, You can have all those things. But there are ways to do it and they're sustainable in their ways. And so I figured if it brings more joy into mm-hmm. my life or into, as, as I said, I'm still looking to the lens of my daughter. If she can have some cute little funky fabric that she loves and that she loves to go to school and it shows, showing it off to her friends. You yeah. Know? She's more likely to bring it home mm-hmm. right? versus it end up in the, in the garbage can at school. And all of her friends get excited and she has a little bit more ownership towards it. Because it's like, if I'm going to be making these, I want them to come back. Now, I'm not super crafty. Um, I mean, I do a lot of crafts with my daughter, and that's kind of where I'm good. But before I was a stay-at-home mom, I was in finance, right? So I have a a big business background. Okay. So when I was talking to my friend Sarah, she loves making stuff, right? And she's very creative, and she has a lot of those ideas. She is not very big on the business side. You know, and there were a few kind of recipes floating around on the internet. Our very first expedition is like we just kind of got together. We bought some beeswax from a local shop. And we, at that point, like when we were just kind of experimenting, we just had some kind of scrap materials. Yeah, leftover um, stuff. stuff. And so we kind of started from there. By this time, it wasn't a business idea necessarily, right? And then, you know, I gave it to a few friends or family. And then we were kind of making a few more. And I said, you know, and at that time, we were lucky that we found a retailer online. That was relatively local because that was the other thing too. Is I also wanted everything to be as as local as possible. Mm-hmm. Again, to increase your sustainability and, and reduce your carbon footprints, it's important that you're not getting these products. You know, so you're trying to get them as as close as possible. Mm-hmm. So we found a local retailer who was going out of business who had a, a huge bunch of organic fabric. No way. And which was a huge luck at that time. We were just kind of figuring it out. I'm sure you probably know the difference in price between regular cotton and organic cotton, right? Which is I think a lot of times why people are making them from regular cotton because it's, you know, you can get a bolt of regular cotton for like one to four dollars a yard, where ours are retailing at sixteen to twenty dollars a wow, yard, right? So it's it, and the other thing too is if we were going to make it a, a company and a marketable company, is I wanted to also make sure that the barrier to entry for people wanting these products was not out of reach. So we saw some wraps made france for 80 dollars at a store here in a boutique in toronto i'm like that is unsustainable but then our competitors who like there weren't very many but at the time were kind of in a certain price market it was really important for us to stay in that price so which means is that our margins are very very thin right Mm. compared comparatively speaking so to try to work around that it's like again we were looking for however we could use completely got certified organic cotton but if it was ends of rolls or like discontinued prints or that type of thing to to make it manageable which is also why our patterns are are kind of constantly in flux because we're trying to keep our prices as low as possible so that we can keep our organic cotton and and stay true to our values while not having to increase kind of any of our prices which is wonderful because it's also lower waste to be able to use the ends of things yeah yeah so my partner is also like a magician with cutting materials so that we have almost zero waste and all of the waste that we do have we then use to like tie when we do singles like we use kind of the strips to tie and stuff so everything's there's very, very little waste in what we're doing, uh, which is great for cost, but also, you know, for, for sustainability. I put a post on Facebook in my local neighborhood group saying, hey, we're making these. It was right before the holidays. I'm like, 
didn't have any interest. And it blew up. Oh, that's um, great. Way beyond any kind of expectations. I'm like, okay, so I know that people have interest in these. And the first couple months, like, we were tweaking our recipes and trying to source our wax. And we found a really, really great beeswax. It's all locally sourced, sustainably harvested from small independent beekeepers. Like, Amazing. he'll come and bring the caps to us directly. We know that a lot of people have problems with bees because a lot of factory wax is not it's not sustainable they're taking too much wax of the caps they're not letting bees winter you know they'll keep them up artificially all winter to produce more which is why it's really important again getting back to is knowing your source ingredients knowing kind of where things are coming from so we found a great farmer local that we work really closely with to make sure that we're getting enough that we need to do what we do that also is is friendly for the bees because we need them right they're 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 important sourcing resin is a really tricky thing right because a lot of resin that you can get on on a smaller level first of all it's it's not local and you're not really sure what's in it and it's powdered resin that doesn't really work as like it doesn't work well okay. um so we had to kind of source rock resin and we had to find anyway so it, a lot of <laughs> sourcing materials is tricky and particularly when we get into our vegan line it, it, it was all of that was a whole other other kettle of worms um, i can't wait to ask about all that <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get there but like so when we first started doing it I just walked into a few local shops in my neighborhood I'm like hey I'm like you know local mom this is what I'm doing and immediately I had like quite a few people say yeah yeah like we're really interested let's let's they're beautiful you know they smell great they work great and then it kind of grew organically mostly our niche compared to maybe some like I know a lot of other apps mostly are maybe in you know gift shops or that kind of stuff but really we're kind of more the zero waste like we're pretty hardcore in terms of the environmental parts of our product and mm-hmm. we always say is that we're we're environmentalists first so we're careful about the shops that we accept like i don't want to go into a shop where everything else is all you know plastered in plastic or mm-hmm. if, if they're 99% of stuff is coming from China, mm-hmm. you know, like all of those types of things, but mostly a, a whole bunch of amazing shops through Canada in the United States. We had this idea about a vegan app because we did, I have three sisters and two of them were vegans. The other one doesn't like the smell of beeswax. <laughs> so <laughs> She's um, crazy, I was like, okay, obviously. so they're not great gifts for my family. Um, and vegans in general are, some of them are super okay with using beeswax and honey. Some are not. And as I said, a lot of vegans, they're, why they don't like to use the wax is, again, factory wax, which is not an issue with the beeswax we use, but people don't always know that. But also some people are allergic. Some people just don't like the smell. And if you feel like you have an aversion to the smell, like no matter how much it's not going to transfer onto your food, you're going to think it's the smells transferring onto your food, oh, right? Because yeah. you just have that, that feeling about it. Or it's, so, it's on your hands too sometimes. I often found yeah. when I would have like a brand new wrap that yeah. um, the first few days I'm just like, why do I constantly smell like honey? Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. had lunch yeah, and that, that's exactly. why. You should walk into my house. Yeah. Um, that's all you smell. <laughs> so we had this idea. Like, yeah. How, how, how hard could it be? Um, <laughs> Famous last which, words. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of hubris at yeah. that point, which then belongs a very long journey trying to figure that out. Because the thing with vegan waxes or they're not actually wax no you know so they're just plant-based oils that are converted into a wax none of them have the same properties as beeswax none of them work like beeswax individually in combination you know they're not used the same way they can never be like soy can never be certified organic just by the mere nature of what that chemical reaction is they have to do it to get it to become a wax interesting so you can use 
like for a lot of these waxes, soy is the most genetically modified crop out there, right? Mm. So to get it certified non even non genetically modified, it has to because of cross pollination, it has to be quite it's almost impossible. So then during that process, what they would have to do is they go in as they're making two wax, they clean out on a cellular level any genetically modified materials that may have been accidentally cross pollinated. Wow. And it's still not considered organic, but it's considered at that point non GMO. Okay. So like, so all of these things, right. And also all of, I was going to say 99%, but I feel pretty confident saying all of the plant-based waxes are, are not harvested in Canada. Right. They're plants that need, you know, a lot of heat and a lot of sun. So now you're talking about getting them from maybe some countries that don't have fair labor practices or oh, that maybe aren't, maybe aren't collecting them sustainably. Right. So right. maybe they're not taking care of the land on which they're growing or they're taking away too many resources. And also there's also right. things about what happened with quinoa, right? All of a sudden we started eating quinoa and the people who used to eat quinoa as they're disabled can't get quinoa anymore because all of us in North America are eating all the quinoa. So these are all things that we ha- I ha- we had to think about and they were my resistance, right? So I, I said like, first of all, so my partner is like, as I said, she's so great with all the hands-on stuff. So she was really busy kind of figuring out formulas and trying to figure out kind of what stuff works. And I was trying to figure out how to actually do this in a way that fits with, as I said, we're environmentalists first. So I need to make sure if this is an option that we're offering, it has to be as sustainable as possible. And to be 100%, it's not as sustainable, in my opinion, as our beeswax wraps, because our beeswax is local. Like, I know exactly, like, I can trust supply chains so far, but unless I'm actually there and seeing it, you Mm -hmm. know, and it still has a long way to come, it has all those things. And it's also much harder to guarantee the availability of the products. Because they have a hurricane in South America, all of a sudden, you know, you can't get a particular plant uh, because of things, right? So it's here, it's like, it's much easier. On both sides of that equation, it was really tricky to come up with the right formula and how to obtain the ingredients in a way that I could do conscientiously. Yes, you needed to suit all of your values all at once and exactly and it's hard to it's hard to find that balance but I feel like you've done all of the research necessary yeah it was a lot yeah yeah so with the vegan ones we had one or two mishoots you know and I would say it was a little there's a little bit of alchemy involved in terms of getting that right exact mix but they are plant-based waxes we use a number of them what the... kind of ones do you use can you share some of the examples of ones yeah so as i said we don't really give out a lot of people have tried very hard to make a vegan wrap and have been unsuccessful and asked us for our recipes <laughs> but there are a number of different ones out there and if you kind of google you can kind of see individually kind of which ones work yeah as i say one component is a non-gmo soy wax and that's kind of how i got all the had to go down that rabbit hole about mm-hmm. how to like how to source the correct type of soy and and how it all works because they themselves can't be organic but then how do we ensure that they're grown organically and all the cross-pollination is anyways so um (laughs) so there's a few other ones in there and we use the same got certified organic cotton in them the same canadian resin organic cocoa oil like every all that those other components are the same uh except instead of using our our beeswax we just use a a vegan wax amazing and so how does that compare do you find like obviously you've worked on this formula for a long time do you find that people can make the simple transition from beeswax to vegan wax wraps if you're familiar enough with the product in the first place like a beeswax wrap how do they kind of compare 
in terms of how easy it is for somebody to make one? No, are they or are to they, use it? Yeah, using things. So are they flexible? Do they yeah. like hold their shape when they're warmed with your hands? Like, is the material similar enough? There are some differences between the two, for sure. And that's just because of kind of the nature of, of the individual waxes. So the first thing is that there's no smell to the vegan waxes at all. So beeswax has, obviously, it's a very distinctive aroma, which I love and a lot of people do. But, you know, uh, you can definitely tell. With the vegan ones, the more that you would be smelling is, say, the pines and the resin, oh, right? So the coniferous tree. But even that is very 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 little so i would say like if anybody has a smell aversion so a friend of mine had uh has a son who has a, a sensory a sensory disorder right so can't be around smells like really oh, like, he's on the autism spectrum and it, it comes out in sensory so he really you know she had to get him the vegan wrap specifically because the he was overwhelmed by the beeswax smell appearance wise they are shinier oh cool right so they kind of look kind of a little bit slicker again just how wax is interact with with the material and the third thing is that you will find that they're stiffer okay um, and that's because the resting temperatures of the waxes are different so Great. if you had a beeswax wrap and a vegan wrap in the fridge you would find when you take them out the vegan one would feel a little bit more brittle mm-hmm. it's not more brittle like it's not going to crack Mm-hmm. but you just have to hold it a little bit longer to warm it back up right right so and then it works it, it, they work just the same they should last just as long yeah um the only thing we say is that like on our our website we offer rewaxing kits i'm not sure if you saw that just for our beeswax wraps yes um it's our exact formula in uh in a package it's enough to re like retreat your existing to keep them going for longer instead of having so to cool. throw them out yeah. but again as an environmentalist i'm like you know, the right thing is the thing you have. And if you can keep it going, like some people have no interest in mm-hmm. doing it and they just want to, you know, and that's why the material is completely compostable and stuff. But if you want to keep it going, you know, we offer that. Uh, we don't recommend it as a, a brand new DIY because you need a lot more wax than what's in those packages. But to spruce up and keep your your existing wraps going longer, uh, they're great. Now, we don't offer that on our vegan wraps. And no, the reason yeah. is that... Not only are the actual materials themselves, um, you know, a trickier, they're much trickier to make. And you have to, it's much more of an exact science and much less forgiving. And so it would be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I feel like it, a lot of people who would just be disappointed if they're trying to rewax their vegan, it just wouldn't work out. Like you have to, we have to pay, a, like it takes us twice as long to make a vegan and wrap than it oh, does really? to make a beeswax wrap. You have to be mud and we have to like measure down to like the, the smallest amounts to make sure that that recipe works out, you know, so it is much harder to, to DIY. So we don't offer our, our, our relax. And it's also why our vegan wraps are more expensive. Oh yeah. Is that the base materials, like the waxes themselves are much more expensive and it takes us twice, twice as long to, to make them. So, and, and everything we do yeah. is handcrafted, right? Wow. So things by hand from the beginning to the end. So, um, it's a very sm- small operation. As I said, it's all just me and, and my partner, Sarah. Um, and occasionally we'll have during times of kind of our peak times or wrap up times, we'll have somebody coming in to kind of help us prep our material, like, you know, cut and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's just us. That's amazing. You know, it, I mean, it's been nice. It's been a nice organic growth. We're still moms, you know, and it's nice to have a business that you can fit into that. So for me, uh, my husband's in film, so his, his schedule is very unpredictable uh, in when he's going to be around or, or not around. And so I always had to make sure I was always available to take my daughter 
to school and pick her up from school. Like, so this is nice because I can do it, you know, between 10 to 2 when, when she's in school or when we were in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we could, and, and after, you know, 8 p.m. after she goes to bed till midnight, you know, and then you could fit in your eight hours kind of around yeah. that way. And Sarah, too, has flexibility with when she works. Uh, we don't need to do it together. And actually, it's usually counterproductive for us both to be doing the same things <laughs> at the same time, right? So it's like, let's let's divide and conquer. So it works really well for us, our partnership. And, That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's so great. I love the natural progression of how this has become a business. We've talked a little bit before on this podcast about like an eco side hustle, these little things where you're making a product or starting something from your own home and trying to make it as sustainable as possible. And it's beautiful because you are in complete control of this side hustle. You are not dependent on your workspace. You know, you're not trying to work under somebody else and um, work with the materials that you're being given, even though they don't, you know, suit your values. Like, I think it's just awesome to be able to start something from scratch and build something that you're, you're, selling all around the world right now it's amazing yeah and if it's they always say like necessity is the mother of invention right yeah and we're doing it all the time like there's always times i'm jerry-rigging a a thousand things around my house to suit what i need it for and then rarely do we think oh well maybe somebody else has this need too you know and if you can do it with for something that you feel passionate about like i this is not our side hustle like this is a full-time yeah business and I could not, in particular the beginning when you're you're working so hard without actually making any money to begin with, right? Because you're trying to kind of build everything up. Yeah. Um, you know, working the kind of hours that you do is you have to believe in it, you know? And so that's why what I said at the beginning is that I, I was really, if I'm going to be the face, you know, I'm going to be standing at a market, We don't, you know, if I'm going to be talking to people. If I'm going to be going into shops and in and, mm-hmm. and having these conversations, I don't want to be having to say stuff through gritted teeth in in my head. Know that none of everything I'm saying doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Or that you know it's just like as I said, just a greenwashing. I was putting kind of lipstick on a pig and making it look like something else. I, I actually wanted it to be something that <laughs> if I'm going to invest time, you know, I believe that the energy that we have there's not that much of it you know like yeah. overall oh and my god i also have a chronic ailment so that taught me a lot about kind of slowing down and really putting energy intentionally right yes. so yeah where are you going to spend if you have four good hours in a day where do you want to put that energy and do you want to put that into something that you don't really believe in or that you're doing just to make some money sometimes you have to do that like yeah. you know bills have to get paid but also if I can choose I'd much rather do it with intentionally to something that I can really believe in and that I actually really believe is a necessity for a lot of people as I said making it as affordable as possible making it as sustainable as possible it's making practical. it as it's a practical thing for most people you know and they may not know that they need it but particularly I mean in times like now yeah when we're only going because the bigger thing is people are always talking about the not using single-use plastic which is a great thing yeah of course we don't need straws we don't need baggies that you can make these new baggies but the bigger impact that these types of products have is not even on that it's on reducing food waste Mm. because food waste is a far bigger component what's going on with our with our environment than single-use plastic oh yeah it's easier to get people just not use straws but to say, listen, like, do you know how much food gets wasted between the time it's planted and it goes out in your compost bin here? It's like 50%. Oh, my and gosh, I know. It, yeah. 
there's so much energy that's used on all levels. There's so much carbon that's used on all these levels. There's so much human, uh, there's so much money wasted. And if we can stop that uh, along the line at, at any junction, mm-hmm. uh, not only for my own pocketbook, because, you know, I hate having to throw out avocados because they all get right at the exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have to throw out three of the five or whatever. So my pocketbook doesn't like that. But also, like, no, do you know how much energy and resources and- resources have, thank you, have gone into producing these avocados that I'm now just throwing in my green bin? Ugh. So um, in times like today, when you're only supposed to be going out to grocery shop once a week, how do you keep your lettuce from wilting on day two or day three and till the next time you can go out or your spinach, right? Exactly, your cilantro. Yeah. All of these types of things, you know? So I throw it in one of our produce bags. I have a bag of spinach that can last two, three weeks in my fridge. It's amazing. And I yeah. only need to have a bunch here, a bunch there. They are really practical for those reasons, for to help us reduce on that bigger side. And that's what I talk a lot about is people, I know we're really on the single-use plastic thing, which I is good, but I, this is a bigger issue. Oh, we have to. I can't personally stop the food that rots coming here in the, in the trucks from wherever they go. I can't mm. stop the grocery stores. I mean, people are working on that, but that's not my niche, but it's like stop the grocery stores from throwing out their stuff and all that stuff. But I can help this. I can do this. I can help it not go bad in your fridge before you get to eat it. Yeah, and taking charge of what you can control is so important because otherwise yeah. you become overwhelmed with, yes, you're right, from seed to my compost bin. There yeah. is so much waste, but yeah. I can't control all of those things right Unless you're now. growing it in your backyard. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm well. not making bananas in my backyard. Exactly, so, yeah. So if you're trying to grow an avocado yeah. in Canada right now, that's not yeah. a thing. So when you're trying to live really practically and really low waste and sustainable, thinking about your food waste is so valuable, especially right now. Um, yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up because that's like ongoing conversation and it probably still will be by the time this episode airs. I, I don't it's see it going away. The mindset that this is not just practical because um, you don't have to purchase something just to throw it away, you know, like plastic wrap, Ziploc bags or something like that, that you're just purchasing it to actually go in the garbage or recycling. But like, let's just ignore recycling for right now because that's not always yeah. a thing in every place. Talk everybody's about greenwashing, place. right? Uh, so it makes us feel good. I know it does. <laughs> uh, but you know, as an example, like I'm sure I'm not alone in mm-hmm. this is that the bane of my existence is at the end of a school day and you come home and I open my daughter's lunch and she didn't touch her lunch. Like when she was four, I still kind of do it now. She just turned seven on Sunday is that I would peel oranges from her. Because she likes oranges, but mm-hmm. a four-year-old peeling her own orange is a disaster movie, right? Like, they can't do it. <laughs> so I'd peel an orange, and I would wrap it in a wrap completely. And it's like you're putting the peel back on, right? Mm, so right. I'd send it to her at school. If she came back that day and she didn't eat that orange, I don't have to throw it out. I actually take that orange still in its wrap, stick it in the fridge. I send it back to school with her the next day. It's just the, exactly the same. It's just as juicy. It doesn't have any of that hard crust. I've done that for three days in a row with the exact same orange, and it's still a perfectly good orange. Does she eat it eventually? Oh, yeah. Okay. Eventually. Uh, well, not now. Now she's over oranges. She's, 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 <laughs> but at the time, yeah, she would. That's and good. So, but how else am I going to send an orange to school? I'll cut it up for my daughter. If she doesn't eat it all day, it's it's useless. Not only that, but in two hours. Not yeah. Even, once you peel it's an orange. It's dry and crispy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or you forget you had a cantaloupe that starts to go soft even before you cut it. Yeah. You wrap it in a wrap before you cut it, and it'll sustain its shelf life for oh, an, another couple, of That's two, great. three yeah. days. Yeah. So tell me about your different sizes, and you said you had bags as well. Just give yes. me like a quick list of your products sure. too. So on our beeswax wine, our most popular packs are like three pack variety pack and our five pack variety pack. Basically, it's one small, which is a seven by seven. A media, which is a 10 by 10. These are inches. Yeah. And a large is 13 by 13. That's good. So our five pack has two smalls, two mediums, and a large. Um, our three pack has one, one, and one. We also have a snack pack, which has three smalls in it. We have an extra large, which is 13 by 15. So Ooh. it's more kind of a casserole <laughs> dish size. Yeah. Any larger than that, people get tempted to cut a wrap. And which is why I said, like, I know there's a lot of like big bat, like baguette wraps and stuff. And as soon as you cut the wrap, that tiny little side of the wrap is no longer sealed anymore. So mm-hmm. it's not protected from mold or fungus or anything to get in. Mm-hmm. When you make big wraps, I said, you know, you can take two large wraps and attach them together. And now you have a much bigger wrap. Right. You know, versus, and then you can take them apart and use them for what you need to then. Much so more practical. 15 by 13 is yeah. the biggest. Unless it, we've had a few uh, uh, like bakeries ask for larger custom wraps for their things, and we'll do that for that those specific. But really, thirteen by fifteen is is the largest that makes it kind of still usable without without becoming a single use product again. Right? Which, you know, like you, oh, I only use it for this one occasion. It's like no, like that's the against going. Multifunctionality is great. Exactly. Yes. We also have our bags that are basically just our wraps sewn on three sides. Okay. Um, for a people who don't want to, any of the wraps you can make into baggies yourself anyway, just for by sure, folding yeah. down the sides. But for people who don't want to do that, or also for things that crush easy. So I use it, as I said, for spinach, for cilantro, for mm-hmm. mushrooms. They're great for big sandwiches, even, yeah. you know, like a sandwich bag. So we have those in a large, which is like 11 by 14, That's which can big, hold yeah. a whole head of kale in it. Wow. And then there's a, the 10 by 9, which is our medium size. We also have, which is not one of our popular or most popular products, but I, me all the time, is we have our travel pack. So our travel pack is basically has a soap rack. So when you, you know, you go to the gym or you're traveling, you have these beautiful soaps and then you stick it in a baggie, it gets all slimy. So it's this wrap for soap. Okay. Same thing. And then also it comes with two toothbrush toppers. So when you're traveling, you have your toothbrush, again, or you're in the gym, whatever, and you just wrap it around the top, it keeps your toothbrush nice and clean and safe that's um, good. well you're going yeah and that's because i said my husband used to travel all the time and he's always wrapping the top of his toothbrush and like saran wrap or whatever like you know and so there's lots of functionality <laughs> yeah, i've never done that I, i'm the kind of person who just chucks the toothbrush in loose yeah. but um <laughs> i so, like the I idea never... of using that as a as a wrap yeah yeah and also you could use like an old wrap that'll still work to do that but oh totally you might not want to use to to cover your food anymore but you could still you like cut it yourself and, and make it into a toothbrush that's the only time i'd ever suggest cutting a wrap and then under vegan line we just don't make the bags because again there's it's there it's the wax is so much finicker finickier excuse me finickier yeah. <laughs> um to deal with that the bags were, were just a little bit so yeah that's amazing. I love that. And there's so much versatility to all the different sizes. If you already have a bunch of wraps at home and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. I could make a larger wrap by using two yeah. wraps. Yeah, I, I mean, so I do good. that all the time. It's like yeah. you make a bag, you just take two of the mediums and put 
everything together and then you kind of have this this medium size you know and it's just it's thinking people are always like they'll buy a pack of wraps and they'll, they'll and they'll talk and they're like oh they're not they're still in the bottom of my drawer i'm like you know what at first when you start on this journey you have you can't think of a thing to do with them. You're like, I have no idea when I'd ever use them. Like, unless you're like as an environmentalist. Like, oh, right. But right. my goal is to get everybody to use these because you don't have to be an environmental. It helps protect your food. And it's all these things that makes it more beautiful. It makes, for whatever reason you're buying them. Somebody buys them, they get them for a gift or whatever. They're like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know. They've been sitting in my, I should use them. I should. Them. Like, yeah. And here are some ideas. And what always happens is that a week after I get a phone call or an email and saying, I need way more because now once you start wrapping, you can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just keep on seeing more and more uses for them. And yeah. there's more and more ways to use them. And and then you start to see how many other things, how many times you're using single use plastic or how many times you're throwing out, you know, half, you know, your mushrooms because they went slimy in the fridge or all of those other things. And then and kind of starts you on that ball. And, you know, there are other solutions. Like, we don't, you don't use them in the freezer, right? Don't use them on raw meat. Don't use them on, like, there's a lot of things that you can't use them for. Yeah. But there's also a lot of really great ways. And so I, in my fridge, I always have 12 different ones going on because I always have, you know, half a cucumber, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, half a block of cheese, or I have all those types of things. And I said, hey, you get a block of cheese, take it out of the plastic right away. We, we are suffocating our food in plastic. Nothing in nature works like plastic. Yeah. And, and this is the key is that nature has to let things breathe. It has to let things flow. And that's why if you wrap cheese in plastic, it goes moldy or it goes hard. We, I can have a block of cheese for over a month in my fridge with nothing happening to it wrapped in, wrapped in a, a wrap because it's letting it do what nature's kind of intending it to do that's, that's why great. it works so well with avocados and cilantro because we're keeping everything wrapped up in plastic oh that's so. so good i love it so how long do they last and what's kind of the care and treatment process for them just to make them last as long as possible most wraps should last you like people like a time frame so i would say six months to a year but it's usually about 100 to 150 uses okay because every time you use it you're you know taking a little bit of kind of the coating off um, and the biggest difference about how long they last, and I've had wraps last two years as well. I say be as rough as you want when you're using them, right? Because they should be. They could be out in the garden. They could be, you know, whatever. They could be little mm-hmm. hands. They can get dirty. They can whatever. But where the difference comes in is how you clean them. Okay. So yeah. cold water, cold water, just cold water. Anti uh, beeswax and jojoba are both antibacterial and antifungal agents naturally. And because we particularly, I can't speak for all the makers, but for us, we cut our material before we process it. All of those edges are sealed, right? So nothing gets into the material. Everything just slides right off. Even if you left something that did get moldy in it, you could just actually rub all of that off. Right. So that piece of fabric is completely protected. With cold water, you don't need hot water. You don't need soap. Most people feel like we always need soap for stuff. And most of the dish soaps out there are very, very caustic, right? They have right. a lot of very harsh chemicals and stuff in them. It says grease fighting or anything. It's like it's going to get in there. Mm-hmm. So if you use warm water, if you use dish soap, it's all going to reduce the lifespan of your wrap. If you use, like, a sponge to scrub it, then you're using, like, the green side of the sponge versus the, the yellow side of the sponge, I would say. Um, <laughs> it's going to reduce the lifespan of your wrap. Now, hang it to dry. I use just little clothespins on my dish rack or what I'll do is I'll take a magnet I'll just hang them on the fridge with the magnet so they oh, can dry nice. easy yeah and they're always there to grab 
right? So whenever you need one, they're right there on the fridge. And they're so pretty, so you don't mind. (laughs) And they're pretty. Um, So that's to make them last longer. Just be gentle. uh, Try to wash them right away because if something dries on it then you have to scrub it to get it off and you're every time you're doing that you're taking another layer of the coating off of it Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with old wraps so this is what i was talking about how everything is protected sometimes it will feel not sticky and that's fine you could still use it with an elastic or whatever but if you look at the wrap and you see there's like a hole in the coating you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's basically down or to the crack. base material. Yeah. That is now when bacteria can get into it. Mm-hmm. And that's when we say, like, you can re-wax your, your wraps to make them more sticky. For me, it's less the sticky, but it's more to keep them completely coated and protected. And yeah. so if I do kind of something in person, I'll always have an example of a wrap that needs to be retreated. And sometimes it's still super, super sticky. Like, it's really, really sticky, but it has this area. And sometimes it's because somebody forgot to wash it and there's some dried spaghetti sauce on it and they scrub that spot and now that spot is weaker right. than other places. Or sometimes it's because it's been always folded in one configuration. What for what? It's, I mean, it's a natural product. Things are going to happen to it. But look for those spots. Yeah. Because I always say, like, they're meant to refresh our specific wraps because i can't because there's a, any other material will take it i can't or what their processes were before yeah and there's a recipe to it that you have certain ratios of all your different yes. products so of course it's so be you can try it on other wraps in general sometimes that people have you know tweeted us or instagrammed or whatever social media that's showing us they've used it on on other people's wraps so they do it can work but I, they're designed to work specifically with the material that we use and mm-hmm. in kind of the process that we use you can also take your wraps and use them as compost in your own backyard gardens i was gonna ask about that yeah so when when i do have one that is completely yes. ready to go uh it is no longer useful and probably has mold and i don't really want to yes. yes have it touch stuff yeah how do i put it in my compost should i cut it up is this my chance to chop up a wrap and enjoy yeah. it or something <laughs> so with ours yeah uh because we use the organic cotton I would say feel free to put it in your own vegetable garden in the back and mm-hmm. put it in your own compost. So you can cut it up or just leave it. It doesn't matter. Like It'll all compost in the green Is there anyone inspiring you in the zero-waste, low-waste world that you want to share with other people? Yes. Yes and, <laughs> and no, because I, I don't know how to tell you just one of them. Um, so a, as an example, Dana Dana Stein, oh, um, yeah. she's the owner of Bear Market. Uh, do you know Dana? We've chatted on the podcast. That's all, though. She's amazing. And she, when she was first starting up, when they were doing their pop-up markets and stuff, we had this a great three-hour conversation in her kitchen uh, about a whole bunch of things. And, and since then, we've she was kind of starting up as we were kind of starting up. And, and so we've had a lot of really great in-depth kind of conversations of bumps of trying to be zero waste, but also trying to run a business as, yeah. oh, as, so as, as females and as entrepreneurs and trying to kind of like, how do you, how, how does this even work? Like, how are you managing this? And how do you, and, and then, so when she opened up Bear, Bear Market, the actual store location, it was amazing. And mm. it's so beautiful. So she did such a good job. Um, that was really inspirational because it's like, we're just all trying to do our best. Oh, that's and so our good. best. Yeah. It's amazing. And I love Dana and all the shouts out to Dana. She's, she's a great, but there's also, a thousand other people out there that to the person collecting you know cans on the side of the road like everybody's yeah. doing their part regardless of the reason like as i said i don't care if people buy our wraps because they're pretty if they're used them mm-hmm. right because then every time they use them they're still going to the goal which is again so 
jumping on the zero waste bandwagon, great. Welcome. We, yeah. we want to have you. Like, there's no such thing as late to the party. Right? Yeah. Just join the party. So. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. I hope you have a good All evening right. and I'll talk you to you too. soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you would like to learn more about Earthology Food Wraps, you can go to earthologywraps.com or find them on Instagram at earthologyfoodwraps. If you enjoyed today's episode, you would probably enjoy episode 12 with the founder of Abigo, episode 20, Keeping Bees and Tapping Trees, episode 27 with Dana Stein of Bear Market, and episode 65, An Eco Side Hustle. You can find all of those and more in our archives wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to be in touch, you can send an email to practicallyzerowaste at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at practically zero waste pod. Every week I source new interviews, produce and edit shows and create content to share with our listeners on our social media platforms. I'll keep it up for free because I love what I do. But if you also love what I do and would like to support me, buy me a virtual cup of coffee by going to coffee.com slash Elspeth Callahan. It means the world to me to know that people out there appreciate the work that I'm doing. That's all for now. It's currently snowing here in Peterborough, even though it's May, but get outside this week anyway and enjoy the signs of warmer weather to come. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you soon.